Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee faithfully served the Lord for more than seven decades, co-laboring with Watchman Nee in China in the first half of the 20th century, before continuing his ministry in Taiwan, later in America, and eventually over the entire earth. He spoke these weekly Life Study messages before thousands of people, and much of his speaking has been published as over 400 titles. These life studies are perhaps his most significant work, taking 21 years for him to complete, and we're happy today to be able to bring you selected portions from those messages. If you'd like to find out more about his ministry, about the life studies themselves, and Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. Now let's join today's program. Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7 are three very crucial chapters in the New Testament that show us not just the proper Christian behavior, but the reality of the kingdom of the heavens. To understand this is crucial when we come to see the kingdom of the heavens in its appearance in Matthew 13. Francis Ball is here again today as we make this transition to one of the really critical chapters, not only in this book, but probably in the whole New Testament revelation. Welcome back to the program, Francis. Well, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to this. Well, chapter 13 is a turning point, Francis, in the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to spend many programs on it. Uh, But before we get to it, it's probably a good time to step back and review the main points, or at least some of them, from the first chapters of the book. Maybe you could do that for us. Well, it is quite interesting to see the progression in this, uh, this whole book. Chapter 12 covers the breaking of the Sabbath regulations to show the Lord is the head and that he cares for the members of his body. And then you have the battle for the kingdom, the climax of uh, the king's rejection. And then you have the prophecy of the generation becoming worse and the forsaking of the Jewish generation. And then at the end, the turning to the believers. Yeah, this point I wanted to draw a little attention to. As you said, at the end of chapter 12, one of the very key factors that's very critical before uh, coming to chapter 13 is to see that that is really a break point where the Lord turns away from his people Israel for a time to the Gentiles, really opening up the opportunity for all of us, uh, non-Jewish, to enter into the kingdom of God. Well, that's the, the background. Now, where we're going today The very first verse in chapter 13, in fact, the first couple of verses, very short, but it sets the stage. And uh, it seems simple enough, but we're going to see, as we often do in this ministry, each word, particularly as the kingdom is being unveiled, each word is very, very important. And on that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds were gathered to him, so that he stepped into a boat and sat, and all the crowd stood on the shore, and he spoke many things to them in parables." That's our destination today. Let's join Witness Lee. Now we come to uh, chapter 13. Here, the basic point is this. You have to differentiate the reality, the inward reality of the kingdom and the outward appearance of the kingdom. If you couldn't differentiate, you couldn't see these two things, you can never understand this book concerning the kingdom of the heavens. 
The reality is real. The appearance is not so real. You can see in chapters five, six, seven, there is no falsehood. Everything is genuine. Everything is pure. Everything is solid. Everything is heavenly, spiritual, and to some extent, it is also divine. You just can't see the nature of the kingdom people. You just can't see the Maya, the influence the kingdom people would exercise over the world. All the salt and the light. You can see the law, my, what, a kind of uplifted law, the standard. Then you can see the wretched deeds, so pure, so genuine, so real, so much in secret without any outward show. Then you can see the attitude we have, the kingdom people have toward the material wealth. And that would not touch us. We will have never an anxiety just because of this matter of riches. Then our principles to deal with others, and then the foundation, the ground, we built our living and our work. There, everything is genuine, real, pure, clean, spiritual, heavenly, and divine. That is the reality. But when you come to chapter 13, you have the tears, the false thing came in, the tears first. Then you have some kind of a big thing uh, which becomes not after its cane any longer. My goodness, a little mustard becomes a big tree. It changes in nature, it becomes no more after its nature. So you have something as a kind of facade, but not so real. Then you have the leaven. These things are all in the appearance of the kingdom. You couldn't see all these things, tares, the big tree and the leaven. You couldn't see these kind of things in chapters 5, 6, 7. But here, my goodness, you can see. What a mixture. Well, Francis... We really need to ask for the Lord's mercy and his light to see the significance of this chapter full of parables relating to the kingdom. Of course, we're going to spend time in the days ahead getting into each of these parables, but we want to see a kind of a general thought today. In his speaking, of course, there was a contrast being made between what was present in chapters 5, 6, and 7 and what we're seeing in chapter 13. Talk about this contrast a little bit. This really is a very, very significant contrast that Brother Lee has brought out here because we see in 5, 6, and 7, those chapters are really the matter not of administration, but that's really a matter in the region of living. Our living is what makes the difference between the reality and the appearance. Of course, uh, without the revelation of the reality, uh, we would just assume that uh, anything that has the appearance of being God's rule or God's kingdom, we might take that. But now we have to see, even in today's situation, in Christendom as a whole, there's a lot of mixture. We have to face the fact that leaven is there. And leaven in the Bible is not something good. It's something evil. It's something of a mixture, mixing up the evil things with the good things, with the divine things. So the difference between the reality of the kingdom and 
is actually the difference between what appears to be and what really is. The reality means that that's something inward. The appearance means it's something outward. And outward things can be very deceiving. They may look all right and everything, but in them there's a lot of mixture and evil things and even substitutes of the godly things. But as he pointed out, in the reality of the kingdom, you have a a certain nature and a certain influence and a certain uh, kind of deeds. All the things are pure, they're holy, they're right, they're genuine. But in the appearance of the kingdom, much of the things are hidden. And they talk about and make it look like this is the real thing, but actually it is just something outward in appearance, but not the reality inwardly. Francis, is someone, uh, oh, an outsider, wanting to uh, take a look at what the kingdom of God uh, at least apparently looks like? You would you would step back and see everything done in the name of Christ or in the name of Christianity or in Christendom, as you uh, described the broad term, and outwardly in the most general way. That is a kind of appearance uh, of the kingdom of God. But there is a stark contrast between that big facade, as uh, Witness Lee called it, Uh, between that and the actual inner reality of the kingdom of God within each of us. Yes, that's true. If you just consider that uh, what is real and what is genuine is uh, sometimes not so apparent until you get the revelation. So what you mentioned a while ago about the need we have for mercy, that we might see these things. They're hidden in the parables, but without the... uh, explanation of the parables, and I would say the allegorizing of the parables, you wouldn't know the real thing. But thank the Lord for this kind of revelation that's given here in this chapter. Yeah, I think this is a good recommendation for the messages that lay ahead. We have a couple of sections left in this one that are equally as good. In this coming portion, we want to go back to just the very first verse that we read a moment ago, and that is that Jesus went, number one, out of the house Number two, he stepped into a boat. And number three, all of the crowd stood on the shore. We're going to see the house, the boat, and the shore in this coming section. Israel, in the natural relationship, was or has been cut off at the end of chapter 12. It is not a small thing. And uh, the Gentiles who believe there at the end of 12, have been grafted. Now, chapter 13, verse 1. It seems this verse is very insignificant to all the readers. On that day, Jesus, going out of the house, sat beside the sea. This verse is too meaningful. On that day. And this river joined chapter 13 to chapter 12. On that day. On what day? On the day that the Lord declared that he had forsaken Israel. On that day, on that day when he forsook Israel and turned to his brothers who do the will of the Father. On that day, it is meaningful. On that day, and what day? On the day he cut off Israel, and grafted the Gentile believers. On that day, he going out of the house. In Matthew, the house 
is a big word. It always signifies the house of Israel. Going out of the house means what? He was going out of Israel. He left Israel. He left the house. He went to the sea. The house signifies the house of Israel, and the sea signifies the gentle word. Then verse 2. Here it says, he stepped into a boat. It's quite meaningful. The sea is the gentle word, and the boat is the church in the gentle world. This means the church is in the world, but the church doesn't belong to the world. And he spoke to them many things in parables. You just tell me where he spoke this. In the boat on the sea. Do you like to know the mysteries of the kingdom? Number one, you have to leave the house. And number two, don't stand on the seashore. You have to get in the boat close to him. This is the only place that we can get the real understanding of the mysteries of the kingdom. Where? In the boat. Hallelujah. In the boat. The church is neither the house of Israel nor the sea of the Gentile. But this is the boat of the believers. In the church, in the boat, we have the mysteries of the kingdom all revealed to us. Well, Francis says this chapter has such monumental implications regarding the kingdom of the heavens. Every word is important. In just these two verses at the beginning of the chapter, there are at least three important locations referred to. Let's talk about these, the house, the boat, and the shore. Well, I'm just amazed, uh, Chris. When I when I hear this kind of uh, application of these actually meaningful pictures that are in this book, that unless you get some revelation from the Lord, you'd never be able to make anything more than a story out of this whole incident. But here, it's so clear that the house represents Israel, as he pointed out. And now, to leave the house, that means he's left Israel. And when you look at the chapters before, you see how rebellious Israel had become. And they weren't about to listen to him. They were even uh, demanding signs of him and things of that kind. So uh, they had just rejected the king. So he left the house. He walked out of the house. And that's very significant. That means he, he left Israel. We know that God chose Israel, but they didn't choose him. So he left and he turned now, not to the relatives the Jews that he's related to naturally, but now he turns to identify who his real relatives are. Who is my mother, my brothers, and my sisters? Those that hear the word of God and do it. He's identifying himself now with another people. Now, where is he going? Well, he's going to the sea. And where is the sea? What's the sea signified? He made it very clear. That's the Gentile world. And that's such a clear picture. But he didn't go to the sea or even to the shore, he went to the boat. He got in the boat, and that's where he began to do his speaking. And that boat, so well put, that we, this is the church, and this is where I am. This is where I want to be. I want to be in the boat where the Lord is speaking and explaining all these parables. He was speaking to all these people from the boat, of the parables. But if you're in the boat, 
you get to hear the explanations. Right. Uh, interesting. The crowd had gathered and stood uh, on the seashore to hear these things. But the place to be is in the boat. Right. Where he is. That's right. And the closer we can be, the better. And certainly, the, it's not possible to be closer to the Lord uh, today than to be in the church. His, so where are we? Yeah. We're either on the shore or we're in the boat. Right. Let's be in the boat. Francis, uh, in this last section today, let's look at a couple of verses first. Uh, we're going on in chapter 13. Uh, just to jump ahead a bit and pick up a point about these parables. And the disciples came to him in verse 10, I'm reading. The disciples came and said, Why do you speak in parables to them? And he answered and said to them, Because to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of the heavens, but to them it has not been given. For the heart of this people has become fat, and with their ears they have heard heavily, and their eyes they have closed. Uh, That's the parable uh, regarding those who weren't hearing so well and seeing so clearly. Uh, I, I think that refers to just about anybody not in the boat at that point. I think so. Well, let's go to Witness Lee for our final portion today. The disciples ask him, why you just talk about the kingdom in parables? So the Lord just told them, in order not to let them know. In order just not to let them know. But in order to let you know, the Lord Jesus goes on to tell the disciples, those Pharisees, those stubborn generation, they just cannot understand. Why? Altogether, their thought was with their heart. Their heart was full of fat, F-A-T. It signifies pride, pride of having something. Because of their pride, their heart was filled with pride of having something. This affected their eyes, their ears. They have the eyes to see, but they cannot perceive. They have the ears to hear, but they cannot understand. So what? So all these mysteries of the kingdom became nothing to them. All became a mystery. Just because of their pride. Proud of having something would affect people not to see, not to perceive, not to understand. But the Lord said to the disciples, you are blessed. The Lord said, your eyes are blessed because they see. And your ears are blessed because they hear. Now, we must learn the number one lesson. That is the first sentence of the Constitution. Blessed are the poor in spirit. When we are poor in spirit, that means what? That means we have no pride in our heart. We are not proud of having anything. We are rather unloaded, emptied, and we are ready to receive something new of the Lord. So again, I say, we must get ourselves prepared in such a situation. Because of today's Christendom, we all need to know this chapter. And this chapter is more crucial to us than chapters 5, 6, 7. We do need the enlightenment of this chapter, then we will not be leavened, misled, corrupted. 
We do need the light of this chapter. Francis, the disciples asked the Lord while he was speaking to the scribes and Pharisees regarding the kingdom in these parables, uh, why he was using such a manner to speak with them. What was the answer that he gave to them that became such a strong warning to them, but also, and more specifically, to us as well today? You know, this is quite an interesting portion because uh, the Lord says that I speak to them in parables that they might not understand. Now, that sounds strange for the Lord to say that, but actually, he was telling them the truth, but in parables that they needed to uh, be open, they needed to be humbled, they needed to be receptive in order to hear. So uh, he had the ones in the boat there with him that could hear and that could understand, and he said, blessed are your eyes because they see, and blessed are your ears because they hear. But with these that were not in the boat, they heard these things, but it didn't mean anything to them. They only argued further with him, demanding that he do something different. But this is a real indication that pride will really keep us from receiving the revelation from God. Pride will keep us from understanding what the Lord is speaking. He speaks these things, and it's marvelous that he does it this way because it's necessary that we drop all the things we think we know and be ready to receive something fresh from his word, something fresh from his revelation. So the warning is don't be lifted up with pride. Be humbled and be in the boat and be near the Lord so you can hear him speaking. Yeah, he made a connection a little bit. It was a very brief comment when he referred back to blessed are the poor in spirit. Again, these chapters, that group 5, 6, and 7, and this chapter 13, we really have to look at these together to get the whole picture here. And, and this matter of being uh, having our ears becoming fat with our pride is a, a real application of the word that he had spoke there on the mount. That's right. 5, 6, and 7 is the reality, and chapter 13 is the appearance. Francis, uh, it's quite a uh, astounding life study that we've just had the privilege to get into, isn't it? It is. It, it is astounding. And uh, as I think we've mentioned, uh, this is one I think where all of us have the realization that we really need the Lord shining. We need his mercy to see the appearance of the kingdom so that we can be those who are saved from all of the falseness that's uh, apparent in this chapter and be those who are really in the reality, the living inward reality of the kingdom of the heavens. Amen. And that's what the Lord gave us to pray. Your kingdom come. Amen. On earth. Yes, amen. As it is in the heavens. Well, thank you, Brother Francis, and please come back very soon. Uh, We have the printed life study messages as well. We'd like to point that out as always. We'd also just encourage you to contact us so that we can hear your comments or your questions, uh, your understanding of this very, very important portion of the Bible. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. And our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And you can always send an email to us to radio at lsm.org. And we invite you to join us again as we continue to look at Matthew chapter 13 in the Life Study of Matthew. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening.
Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening. What is the church? The church, which is His body, the fullness of the One who fills all in all. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. The body of Christ is not an organization, but an organism constituted of all the regenerated believers for the expression and activities of the head. The body of Christ is the issue of the incarnated, crucified, resurrected, and ascended Christ who has come into the church. By means of the ascended Christ's heavenly transmission, we are made one with him, and thus his body is produced. Scripture, Ephesians 1.23, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.